0: Section 10 of Unknown London. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Unknown London by walter george bell chapter ten the bones of man Korah ra idly the people go by for the egyptian rooms of the british museum are never without visitors attracted there in large part no doubt by that morbid curiosity in death and its impenetrable mystery which is an inherited sense with most of us few stay to give more than a glance at these bones lying out on a tray toned to a bright yellow buff by the process by which they have been preserved by the embalmers or at the broken coffin lid with its double row of meaningless hieroglyphics meaningless yes but not to those who know. They tell of man's fears and aspirations long ages back towards the dawn. This is almost the oldest piece of writing in the world that has come down to us. Puzzle out the hieroglyphics with the aid of some student in Egyptology and you will read this. Osiris, King of the North and South Man Korah Living forever. Born of heaven, conceived by Nut, thou comest, of the race of the god Seb. Thy mother Nut, she grants that thou shalt be a god. Nevermore shalt thou have enemies, king of the north and south, O Manco Ra, living forever. This then was a king, a pharaoh of the pyramids ruler over egypt khufu and kafra had gone before him and had built in stone higher and more massively but his tomb stands beside theirs above the sands at Giza, by the nile and is still accounted third of the most wonderful tombs in the world it will last so long as the world lasts the divine ruler had willed that his remains should rest amidst that vast heap of masonry while through the appointed cycles of years his soul should wander in the unknown and here he lies in bloomsbury the least considered of this company of the dead for all around the ritual of death is presented in its most gorgeous form with plates of beaten gold and bright paintings and little ishapti gods of a religion which perished with these people thousands of years ago and mummy cases fashioned to preserve the form and features that nature herself is so quick to destroy the wayfarer who lingers here stands almost at the beginning of things so far as human records are concerned babylon and its rise and fall greece rome Substantially all that is known of the human race, save what is gleaned from the message of chipped flints and scratchings by prehistoric man on reindeer and ox-bones, and old human skulls in the drift, all have had their place and time on the world stage, and have disappeared since these were the bones of a living king. And this pathetic inscription, with its longings for immortality, was deep-cut on the wooden lid of his coffin nearly sixty centuries ago. That modern Greek Herodotus stood at the pyramid tomb of mon call him classic, if you will, but nearly four thousand years had then come and gone between Herodotus and this Egyptian king. The traveller learnt much, but it was not history. A web of tradition had grown about the personality of this remote and shadowy ruler, that his reign was just and beneficent, and that he was beloved by his people, a belief likely to have had its origin in the simple fact that in the building of his pyramid tomb his oppression had been less burdensome than that of those larger builders, his predecessors. Khufu, whom the Greeks called Cheops, Erected the grandest monument that ever man had raised to his vanity and ambition, Khafra, Chephren, built but little smaller, the third pyramid of Menkaure, Mycerinus, is but one tenth the mass of the great pyramid. So vast and yet so small in the majestic conception of these monuments, that, with a ground surface of little more than two acres it might rise from and fill a london square the secret of the pyramids has been well kept no doubt prisoners taken in thousands into captivity in the wars which egypt interminably waged were largely employed as slaves in the task of building but is there not another and simpler explanation of all the huge public works carried out in egypt It is found in the annual rise of the Nile. The period of the inundation stopped all labor, throwing the entire populations along the river, and the river was Egypt idle and free to do what the royal master willed. Herodotus learned more of this pharaoh-men, Korah, that he opened the temple. Herodotus learnt more of this pharaoh, Mon-Korah, that he opened the temples and permitted the people, worn down by labor by his father Kafra to the last extremity, to return to their employments and to sacrifices, that he made the most just decisions of all their kings, that he had a daughter an only child, concerning whom the traveller tells two tales, one affecting in its simplicity, the other obscene. The Pharaoh extremely afflicted by her death and desiring her burial in the most sumptuous manner caused a hollow wooden image of a kneeling cow to be made the image of the sacred goddess Hathor. this he had covered with gold the orb of the sun imitated and gold being set between the horns and into the body of the cow he placed the mummy of his daughter when dying she had entreated her father to permit her to see the sun once every year and once each year at a great religious festival the cow was brought from its richly furnished chamber at sais out into the sunshine that rich egyptian sunshine the rays emanating from the giver of life which gleamed from every stone building and carpeted the city with velvet-black shadows of pylons and temples IN AN ANTECHAMBER WERE PLACED WOODEN STATUES OF THE KING'S CONCUBINES, TWENTY IN NUMBER, ALL FORMED NAKED. THAT WAS THE STORY TOLD BY THE PRIESTS OF Sais CONCERNING THEIR CHARGE. THE OTHER HERODOTUS LEARNED FROM THE PEOPLE THAT THE GIRL WAS BETRAYED AND HAD STRANGLED HERSELF THROUGH GRIEF AND THAT HER MOTHER CUT OFF THE HANDS OF THE SERVANTS WHO HAD BETRAYED HER. And their images were made in like manner to show the mutilation. The cow he saw at Sais and the twenty wooden images, but his quick eye noticed that the hands had fallen off by age and decay, and even then were lying at the feet, so he made little of the tale. This too Herodotus learnt from the priests that an oracle reached the king from a sacred city, imparting that he had no more than six full years to live and he should die in the seventh mankurah ventured a reproachful message to the god complaining that his father and uncle who had shut up the temples and paid no regard to the gods and moreover had oppressed their subjects had lived long together for 106 years why was it that he must die so soon he who had worshiped the gods and dutifully had made sacrifices to them The oracle replied that it was needful that egypt should be afflicted for one hundred and thirty years the two who were kings before him understood this but he did not when the pharaoh thus realized that sentence was pronounced against him he ordered a great number of lamps to be raised and having lighted them whenever night came on he drank and enjoyed himself never ceasing day or night roving about the marshes and palm-groves, whenever he could hear of places most suited for pleasure. To this artifice he resorted in order that by turning the nights into days he might have twelve years of life instead of the six allotted. The coffin, bones, and huge sarcophagus of the king were found in 1837 by Colonel Howard Weiss, an English officer, when exploring under a firman granted by the Pasha. They were in the tomb chambers cut sixty feet deep in the living rock, from which the third pyramid rises. Robbers had been there before him. Indeed, there is an Arab record of 1226 A.D. describing how the pyramid had been attacked by treasure-seekers, who labored at their task with axes for six months. They at length forced an entrance and in the sarcophagus altar, they had broken off the lid, saw quote, the decayed, rotten remains of a man, but no treasure by his side, except some golden tablets inscribed with characters of a language which no man could understand. End quote. Each robber's share of these tablets amounted to one hundred dinars, about the value of fifty. when Colonel Howard Weiss entered the pyramid. The basalt sarcophagus had not been displaced. The mummy had been lifted out and taken for examination into an outer chamber, still within the tomb. There it had been rifled. The rolls of bandages, yard upon yard of almost interminable length, the robbers had unwound in order that they might ascertain if jewels or gold plates were concealed among the swathings. If so, they had disappeared centuries ago fragments of the linen told of the sacrilegious act in the candlelight among the debris that littered the stone floor was found intact only the broken coffin and the skeleton substantially complete save for the head today the visitor to the british museum will notice that the skull is missing upon this one fact not easily i agree to be explained an ingenious story has been woven these are no bones of a king they tell of a grim tragedy in the dark dank stone chambers and passages of the pyramid robbers breaking into the tomb had quarrelled over the treasure they found there when they had left behind slain in fear lest others coming after might identify him and so bring home the crime to its authors they had carried away the head this theory however is completely disposed of by the fact that the bones of the legs and feet when found were partially enveloped in coarse mummy cloth of a yellow colour to which a small quantity of resinous substance and gum adhered even there the misadventures that have befallen the relics of this egyptian monarch did not end with infinite pains the heavy sarcophagus it weighed three tons was removed into the outer air through passages so foul that the flame of candles dwindled and went out and the air was poisonous to the workers it was shipped from alexandria for london in the autumn of the following year a storm arose in which the vessel was lost off the iron-bound coast near gibraltar the ship her crew AND THE PRECIOUS BURDEN IN THEIR CHARGE HAVE NEVER SINCE BEEN HEARD OF. SOME WRECKAGE WAS WASHED UP, AND ONLY THESE BONES IN THE COFFIN-LID SURVIVE, TILL THE SEA SHALL GIVE UP THE SECRETS IT HOLDS IN ITS BED. THE SARCOPHAGUS IS LOST, BUT WE KNOW FROM THE hieroglyphics SO LABORIOUSLY CUT INTO THE STONE OF A HUNDRED OTHERS, FROM INSCRIPTIONS CARVED IN THE PASSAGES OF FUNERAL CHAMBERS, AND PEN-WRITINGS ON THE NATIVE papyri amid what kind of pictures and texts to the gods man lay there awaiting the new life the ritual of the dead changing but little was among the oldest of egypt's possessions in it we may read the aspirations the haunting fears the hope of immortality which this early pharaoh shared elsewhere in london in the sir john soane's museum in Lincoln's inn fields, is the massive sarcophagus of Seti I, father of that pharaoh who was the oppressor of the Israelites. Through the texts cut in his stone chamber, the divine ruler, struck down by death, appeals to the everlasting gods. O thou goddess Newt, support thou me, for I am thy son destroy thou the defects of my immobility together with those who produce them raise them me up i am thy son set thou free him whose heart is at rest from that which maketh it to be still o newt lift thou me up i am thy son do away from me that which maketh me to be without motion the great goddess of heaven queen of the gods answers the prayer this is my son osiris the king the lord of the north and south the son of ra proceeding from his body who loveth him i have endowed him with a soul i have endowed him with a spirit and i have given him power in the body of his mother tefnut i who was never born i have come i have united myself to osiris the king THE LORD OF THE NORTH AND SOUTH, THE SON OF Ra, THE LORD OF CROWNS, WITH LIFE, STABILITY AND POWER, HE SHALL NOT DIE, I AM NEWT OF THE MIGHTY HEART, AND I TOOK UP MY BEING IN THE BODY OF MY MOTHER, TEFNUT, IN MY NAME OF NEWT, OVER MY MOTHER NONE HATH GAINED THE MASTERY, I HAVE FILLED EVERY PLACE WITH MY BENEFICENCE, AND I HAVE LED CAPTIVE THE WHOLE EARTH, i have led captive the south and the north and i have gathered together the things which are into my arms to vivify osiris the king the lord of the north and south the son of ra proceeding from his body who loveth seeker the lord of crowns the governor of the joyful heart his soul shall live forever End quote. the god seb speaks quote, this is my son who loveth me. I have given unto him purity upon earth and glory in heaven, him the Osiris, the king. End quote. And the company of the gods takes up the triumphant chant, God calling to God. Happy. I am Happy. I have come that I may be among those who protect thee. I bind together for thee thy head and thy members smiting down for thee thine enemies beneath thee. And I give thee thy head, O Osiris, king, son of Ra. Kebsanuf I am thy son. I have come that I may be among those who protect thee. I gather together for thee thy bones, and I piece together for thee thy limbs. I bring unto thee thy heart, and I set it upon its seat in thy body. I make to flourish for thee the house after thee, O thou who livest for ever. Anpu, quote, I am Anpu who dwell in the funeral chamber. Mother Isis shall come down, and shall bring unto me swathings for the Osiris, the king. End quote. So from the echoing chambers of death brings down the ages the message of man's immortality. Figures of gods and goddesses were above and below him. Protective texts with magical power were about him on all sides. Thus arrayed for death, the great king believed for a certainty in his appointed future that his soul would pass through the magic tunnel opening in the lofty and unscalable mountains that compassed the flat earth of the Egyptians out into the other world wherein the souls of men were tried, and thence, towed in its funeral boat along the sacred river, would emerge into the radiance beyond where he should dwell with Ra among the blessed. Is this the coffin, and are these the actual bones of the pharaoh Manku Ra, who ruled in Egypt so many thousands of years ago? The greatest of our scholars believe that they are. But on the first point, there is not universal agreement. A suggestion has been made that the coffin lid is a pious restoration of the rulers of a later dynasty, this being based mainly upon certain peculiarities in the hieroglyphics. Too technical for discussion here, Mancura, curiously, had two pyramid tombs, Urku has told us in an inscription that he was a priest of Mankurah and keeper of a place belonging to the pyramid, her identified as the third pyramid above the sands of Giza. Debehin, a high official of this king, records an inscription of the Mankurah pyramid, Netur, a small pyramid of Abu-Rosh, showing conspicuously on the highest hill of the western cliffs. At Abu-Rosh the king's funeral statue was found, but not his bones, at Giza bones, but not his funeral statue. What does this mean? These tilings are among the Egyptian mysteries, and that greater mystery still, the mystery of life and death, that, too, is unsolved. Much we know of the curious beliefs of the Egyptian and the composite nature of his being his spiritual body, his heart, his soul, his double, his shadow, the intangible shining casing which encompassed him. But nowhere do the texts tell of a belief that his corruptible body would rise again. Yet that such a conviction was held we feel from the extraordinary care taken to preserve the mummy, and the strength with which this pharaoh built his enduring pyramid tomb. Which still is accounted one of the world's wonders. The cycles of years go by, the bones do not stir. Today they lie in prosaic Bloomsbury, far away from his own land, and the British governor stands behind his throne by the Nile, ruler of the kingdoms of the North and South. But human nature does not change. The dread of oblivion, man's helpless longing for immortality, which are so strong with us today were just the same sixty centuries ago when the priests of Egypt inscribed upon this coffin lid, quote, Nevermore shalt thou have enemies, King of the North and South, O Mankurah, living forever. End, End of chapter 10. Recording by Greg Giordano.